They have to run that because of me. Good evening, everyone. Ed Raymer here with you with the Evanly Raymer Show. Now, I want to say this up front. I chose to go it alone tonight because I, I, I'm going to gloat just a little bit. <laughs> and Jackson's on the board. And uh, I think, have you been here all weekend? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all the ball games and everything else. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I heard you were in there. I was, I, I was listening in. I think it was Friday night, I believe. And, yep. You know, yeah. So uh, we've got him out of his cot and out of his room in the back. So the little basement that <laughs> station managers keep me in. When they need nothing. work done, they just bring I'm me operating out. on nothing but coffee. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they we're give me a few apples here. every now and then. I've had Jackson, and he's uh, good enough. He does a great job for us. And uh, to pull up a few things, we'll be playing uh, throughout uh, the night. Maybe we'll get a couple of calls. I don't know. But I'm kind of wondering what happened to the big red wave. I'm thinking the big red wave may have crashed into the shore. Am I on TV, Jack? Is that me? That's a good-looking fellow there. I'm more on Facebook Live. We'll get into all that in a minute. I mean, we just uh, have just wondered. Uh, it looks like uh, the Democrats are going to take control, keep control of the Senate. And when they're through fooling with Herschel, Warren, Her- Herschel Walker, <laughs> Reverend Warnack, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Herschel's enough to make that preacher lay his Bible down. I'm telling you. <laughs> Is he really... The best Republican they could get in the state of Georgia to run against this man. Folks, really, is I mean, I know it's Georgia. That's fine. You know, but this is it. This is the best you've got. <laughs> he is funny. I like him. <laughs> I don't know. And... uh we're not through. It's going to be days before all the votes are, are, are taken in and counted, especially Nevada, Arizona. It looks like hopefully this little uh, Carrie Lake, it looks like hopefully she'll be put to, put to bed, and that'll be the end of her. And uh, I'm going to play some things tonight that's probably going to shock you a little bit. Well, some of you listen to me regularly. It won't shock you, I don't guess. Uh, you, if you haven't seen them or heard them already, and, um, but, uh, you know, quite a week since starting with Tuesday night. And, uh, I want to thank, uh, Kathy Watts with Democrat party who had a good get together at Champies. Uh, none of our candidates here won a single thing in this County. Not, not one. I don't think if I, if I mess that up, I stand corrected. Please give me a call, but I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to open up. Jackson, if we can, like we always do with our theme music from ACDC. And for right now, my name is Edwin Lee Raymer, and yes, I'm still a private investigator. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS Murfreesboro. And 
that is a little stiff upper lip from ACDC, and this is the Evan Lee Raymer Show, and I'm your host, Ed Raymer. This show is produced at the studios of WGNS AM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight with your questions, comments, or ideas. You can give me a call at 615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. You can also send us a text. Me or Jackson is that number. And Jackson will be glad to read it over the air. He'll hand it to me, write it down, and I'll read it. Whatever for those of you that don't wish to be heard live here on WGNS. Now, you can also listen to us via the Internet at WGNS Radio. Dot com. We've got a number of ways you can reach us. You can listen to us anymore all across the United States, all around, believe it or not, all around the world. Um, and we are on Facebook Live and had uh, Miss Neal, I believe, she she listens to me on Facebook Live. Uh, and uh, we'll get more into that as the show goes on uh, at the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on WGNS. So you can also download the WGNS app and take WGNS with you wherever you go, listen whenever you wish. And I always ask that you check out Angela Bingham and Simplicity. She's on every Sunday at 6 o'clock, our time here, and just doing a great job, just a fine lady and doing a fantastic job. Okay. As we said, the the red wave. (laughs) Oh, where did you people get Trump? I just wondered. I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's kind of funny. I may end up eating my own words. That's okay. I've had to eat them before. It's not that bad. I've had to have a little humble pie. Now, I've got something. It's only a little over five minutes long, and we're going to play for you. This was courtesy of – I got all these off, off YouTube, and this one was courtesy of MSNBC. I think it was with uh, Michael Moore. Um uh, MAGA humiliation. Michael Moore on predicting overhyped red wave. You can look this up on uh, on uh, uh, YouTube. And this is as of November tenth, twenty twenty-two. Now, filmmaker and activist Michael Moore uh, rejoins the beat after the twenty twenty-two midterms, proving not to bring a red wave. And after he predicted strong Democrat performance. Moore told MSNBC's R. Melbourne that he felt the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade in the in the Dobbs decision was a turning point for the midterms. Quote, I just relaxed. I thought, there goes the red wave. You've told the majority gender how you're going to live your life. All right. Jackson, if you will, play this piece, please. And take a listen to this, folks. Third, a lot yes, of talk okay. out of D.C., a lot of cockiness, a lot of red wave hype. A lot of then the political industrial complex reacting to the red wave hype, getting juiced again. Here's what you said. I'm not worried that this is going to happen because they're not going to be in charge. They're not going to win next Tuesday. And I know I, I, it seems like I have a uh, take a minority position on this. No, actually, we're not going to lose. There's more of us than there are of them. That was you exactly one week ago. And I would add to, to your analysis for your reaction tonight, When you count up the votes, and there are structural reasons we've explored why the public does not always rule, from the way the Senate is organized to the way the filibuster is abused, but if we are counting where the country is at, uh, people preferred the alternative to Trump in 16 and in 18 and in 20, uh, and in many, many places, despite inflation, 
uh, in 22, although as, as, as Steve cautioned, we will count all the votes and see what the final call is in the House. Uh, your response to yourself um, and that long-term trend. Yeah, when you say despite inflation, it, there's a false equivalency there that people who are upset, and rightly so, at the cost of gas, the cost of milk, mm. everything else, um, that that somehow equated with um, a woman's human rights being dispensed with. Mm. And that, and that when they went to the polls, they were going to go, hmm, price of gas, my uh, my rights as a woman or uh, for anybody who cares about women, that they were made second-class citizens by the Supreme Court back in June. And, I th and they're not equivalent. And so, yes, nobody likes inflation. Nobody likes whatever, but in terms of that, but it— but we really don't like uh, saying to a, an entire gender, the federal government will decide what you will do with your reproductive organs. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't fly with the vast majority of Americans, yeah. Republican, Democrat, whatever. It's seismic, and, and you hit that. I'm going to keep you here. I'm not taking your time away. But yeah. here's some of the no, no. victorious Democrats hitting that issue and others. The Democrats. I never expected that we were going to turn these red counties blue. You all made calls. John Fetterman. Knocked on doors. MAGA war on a woman's body. You will. You will never get an inch of Illinois. Opportunity won. A woman's right to choose won. Tonight is a night to celebrate and a night to remember. Michael. The day, June 24th that the conservative, majority Catholic conservative court decided to re issue a religious edict that the American public was to follow the rules of the bishops of the Catholic Church. In other countries, we have a name for that. When the, when the top religious hmm. leaders... Theocracy? Ex ex yes. Uh, that, we ex that you are to follow the rules of the religion if you're a citizen of a democracy. Sorry, yeah. it doesn't compute. And so I knew that night when I went to bed on Supreme Court night, June 24th, I just, boy, I just relaxed. I thought, oh, my God, well, there goes the red wave. There go You've yeah. told the majority gender, not a small clique or not a small, you know, section of society. Yeah. You've told the majority gender that we're going to have an apartheid situation here where the majority is going to be told by the minority how you're going to live your life. And that doesn't fly right. if you're Which a red-blooded American. I hesitate, to make I, knew sweeping, then that I hesitate to make sweeping allegorical comparisons on live TV, Michael. You know that can go either way. Um, but if yes. you had a religious court say, here's the new law, uh, men, and only men, a gender-based yes. rule cannot have premarital sex. No premarital Correct. sex because of religion. And we're right. going to enforce it criminally. And you see what's going to happen, right? I mean, we, there's a gender dynamic that goes to the sexism and misogyny, which are these issues, uh, to say nothing of how many justices said they wouldn't do this when they testified to the Senate. Now hey, I'm Ari Melvin. Thank, Thank you all. Thank you, Jackson. Okay. Let me tell you something, folks. The red wave has crashed, okay? I don't know how many of Trump's cronies 
failed test. Okay? You failed. I've got some more I'm going to play for you after after uh, we go to our first series of breaks. But I'm telling you, and if this thing turns about where the Democrats can hold the House along with taking a slight, ever, ever so slight majority in the Senate, you're going to really see Biden and Harris do something then. And you won't have to worry about inflation. Because I want to tell you something. Those at the top, they're going to see to it they continue to make their fortune. You don't need to talk to me about the economy. Let's say, for example, like in Nashville, Tennessee, they're talking about spending in excess now. They're saying, oh, it'd be around $2 billion. It's going to be a whole lot more than that, and you know it. By the time it's all said and done, $2 billion plus to put a dome stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Paul said, I ain't no getting on the taxpayer money. He became Bill Lee and had ponied up $500 million from the great state of Tennessee. Where'd that come from? I wonder. Okay. Jackson's going to take us to our first series of breaks. I'll have some more for you when I get back. Uh, can we do that? Okay. You're listening to Ed Raymer. I'm Ed Raymer here on the Edwin Lee Raymer Show, and we'll be back with you right after this. Stay with us. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and also custom-made jewelry if you want it. They can make it for you. Also gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Muller's Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. Want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at completeyardcaretn.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com.
right, and we are back, folks. Oh. Hello, Carol Ann. How are you? Down there in Chattanooga, I believe it is. I'm not sure. Carol Ann Elmore White. Thank you. Uh, 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 Eric Crow. Hello, Bill. Hello, Larry Cawthorn. Hello, Nancy Roberts. Hello. All the rest of you, I know I'm missing some people somewhere. Thank you all so much for your support. I do appreciate it. Much, uh, let's see here. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm getting messy. <laughs> Bear with me a minute, okay? Uh, live, Facebook Live. No, she's watching. Miss Neal is watching. Okay, Miss Neal is watching, Wayne. Okay. She's just watching. All right. And, uh, all right. Bear with me, folks. I've got to go through this thing. Now, I want to, um, <laughs> okay, Don. Thank you, Don. I see the wave crashing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, some of these people, I got to tell you, uh, bless their heart. Uh, <laughs> Don Owen, bless you. Thank you, Don. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> they can get very creative. Now, um, I've got another clip I want you to listen to, and I've done this a lot, and I do this intentionally. Okay, I, I, I knew it. I didn't, I didn't really know. Uh, I didn't really make a decision until Friday night. I said, you know, I thought about, to be honest with you, we've done so much up here in Jacksonville. Tell you, we've had these politicians in and out of here for the last two months pretty heavy. Okay, and that's okay. That's part of it. But you get a little tired of it. And I thought about doing a repeat show. really had. I'm sure Jackson would appreciate it if I did one every once in a while. But, uh, you light up my day. Ed, oh, yeah, I know, I know I do. I see you the turning cartwheels when I walk in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, uh, I had looked at uh, at doing that, and I thought, you know, no, I want to. And then I got to looking at all the, the, the Trump stuff and um, how he's really, you know, he, he's, he's, he's making it tough on He's made it tough on himself. I want to play this for you. This is a clip. It runs, uh, I'll run it probably on about 10 or 12, 10 or 11 minutes, maybe not that long. Now, the clips are courtesy of several networks uh, that we loaded up. Uh, Fox, Fox News, or Fox Entertainment Network, whatever you want to call it, Propaganda Network. CNN, Newsmax, Propaganda Network, and MSNBC, and many, and maybe some others via YouTube. All this is on via YouTube. And it's from The Beat with Ari Melber on MSNBC. And it's titled, The GOP Bomb Goes Off, Turning on Toxic Loser Trump, after humiliating losses. Uh, now, I'll, I'll talk you into this. President Biden and Democrats outperformed expectations in the midterm elections. The Republican Party that was loyal to Trump in extreme terms is suddenly saying Trump dragged the party down and blew a big opportunity to control Congress. You'll see the scathing rebuke of Trump from GOP operatives to Fox News to Rupert Murdoch's papers, <laughs> his newspapers. In this special report, MSNBC's Ari, Mel Ari Melber shows you Trump's losing streak dating back to 2016 and reports on what the GOP will do. Now, by the way, let's remember, really, in 2016, 
the uh, you know the uh, electoral college gave Trump his victory. He got beat by a girl, okay, by about three million votes. I'm sure that galls him pretty good too that Hillary beat him that bad. But I kind of take some I take some pleasure in it. Jackson. If you would play this clip, please. I'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Races are decided. Biden and Democrats outperform most recent incumbent presidents, including Obama and Clinton, in similar midterms. Candidates tied to Trump and his brand of MAGA big lie politics repeatedly did worse than more old school Republicans. And a Republican Party that's publicly loyal to Trump in extreme terms, as we've all experienced for the last five years, is suddenly quite clearly saying the obvious. Trump dragged that party down and fanned extreme insurrection-adjacent politics that made the GOP really blow it in what was a big opportunity. Part of the problem... Uh, this is from Fox News. ...in my mind that hurt Republicans all over is Donald Trump. Some are also knuckleheads with strange Fox beliefs News. and closets full of problems. Many of these remarkably weak candidates came courtesy of Donald Trump. There's a very high correlation between... This is from CNN. And big losses. A true leader understands that it's time to Fox step News. off the stage. Going into 2024, Fox News. The That's Laura Ingram. are going to be looking for candidates who are focused on winning, not just making a point or settling a score. We have a tremendous opportunity going forward. Donald Fox Trump News. should not be a part Former of Governor that. George Pataki. He would ride off into the sunset. Hmm. You see that on the airwaves. That's happening right now. Right so off into Tuesday. the sunset. Note, it is the kind of reception that losing candidates usually get immediately after their loss. The GOP was quick to ditch Mitt Romney as a future presidential candidate once he'd lost to Obama, did over John McCain. Trump largely avoided that treatment within his party in the last two years for the reasons we know. He's been a fighter with a kind of loyal minority base which literally scares Republicans, both politically in primaries and sometimes physically in violent attacks. But this scathing rebuke now, I can tell you, as of Friday night, maybe not true Tuesday, maybe it was still being figured out Wednesday, but by tonight, it has conservatives publicly and directly absorbing and echoing the voters' clear rejection of Trumpism this week. And that goes from Fox hosts to veteran party leaders like Paul Ryan and Newt Gingrich. If the voters conclude that you're putting your own ego or your own grudges ahead of what's good for the country, they're going to look elsewhere, period. Governor DeSantis is the biggest single winner of the night, and he will almost certainly become uh, the rallying point for everybody in the Republican Party uh, who wants to uh, move beyond President Trump. I mean, I think Trump's kind of a drag on our ticket. I think, I think Donald Trump um, gives us problems politically. Trump needs to take a good look in the mirror. Okay. Much of what you see right there, which is about political and electoral facts, they're not making some grand policy or ethical critique. They're just saying, look what the voters did again, rejecting Trump. And that rebuke is being beamed to conservatives this week through the largest megaphone for Republican activists, which is still Fox News. Online, they're talking about Trump never being weaker than he is right now. And Fox is one part of a larger media empire run by Rupert Murdoch that is dragging Trump this week. In its papers, the popular tabloid, the New York Post, with a cover, absolutely defenestrating Donald Trump as Trumpy Dumpty with a great fall. 
It also notes today's toxic Trump has proven to be the most profound vote repellent in modern American history. That's Fox and the tabloids, and that's their sort of populist message that they aim at their daily viewers. Then there's the megaphone for powerful party donors and business elites who fund any real challenge to an ex-president in a primary. They're not wasting any time. These folks know how it works. They're doing it right now. So I'll tell you what they're doing, and then I'll tell you in our special report leading the show tonight, right now, why this matters. Murdoch's Wall Street Journal has a new editorial that I could tell you just about every CEO and heavyweight donor is discussing this week. Trump is the Republican Party's biggest loser, it blares, saying he now has a perfect record of electoral defeat and has led Republicans into one fiasco after another. The same paper's Reagan alum, Peggy Noonan, slams Trump's epic loss as a poison of his own movement. And Trump's aides know this is a problem right now. They're trying to push him to get out of what is an increasingly harsh spotlight, even if that's a, a kind of a tactical move. He had election night antics where he tried to hold this news conference that was very poorly timed because there was no red wave to crow about. Now there are reports that some loyalists are trying to lobby Trump not to announce what has been buzzed about, a potential early announcement next week of a presidential run. And then I'll tell you how it's playing well beyond the conservative media. Sometimes you see a magazine cover that is instantly iconic. Right here you have the New Yorker with a, just a really eye-catching cover. That cartoon beached Republican elephant looking shook because there's no wave for his red surfboard. You can almost feel for this elephant. He was hoping to ride a wave with that surfboard, surfboard, surfboard. But as Beyonce once said, he ended up waking up saying, how the hell did this happen? Oh, baby. A lot of Republicans woke up with exactly this kind of political hangover. And Thank you, Jax. Appreciate it. I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. We have a caller on the line. Be with you in just a second. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and do the call now if we can. Is that all right, Jackson? Okay. Caller, you're on the air. Ed Raymer, go ahead. How's it going, Mr. Raymer? Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Pretty I, good. How are you doing? I just good, wanted good. To, uh, I just want to say uh, I had seen something all about the uh, statewide voting for the midterms. Said it was really a low turnout about 20, 25%. Maybe they said it was like about 4.5 million. People at register said about that I, where I register is about 20, 25% turnout statewide. Now, this oh, is the state of Tennessee. State of Tennessee, yeah. State of Tennessee is what I heard. It was <coughs> Okay. 40,000 40, voted election day. What, what I understood is, or what I experienced, probably around 40%, maybe. A little more than that. So we're still nowhere near 90 or 100%, but it's a whole lot better than yeah, it has been. Oh, yeah. Right. It was a lot more than it was the last midterm. We had a lot more people voted. And, and like you say, um, like you've been saying, I think some of it was the, uh, I know some people were saying tonight that on the national, they saw a national thing that they wouldn't really worry about the inflation, the gas prices. Right. The women came. The women came out, and then uh, that kind of that type of thing. They're, they're right now they're talking about if if Republicans can control the House, they're going to start investigating under Biden now. They're going to start the investigations, and this guy says, "I won't be over the oversight committee, and I won't hold Biden together." You know, that's what he's been a- doing and all this sex, sex and all this other stuff. You know, what the Biden administration's been doing, I won't hold him accountable. You know, that is an interesting situation. Um, because I heard them joking about that, Jeff, and I know you watch the news, you keep up. 
you're you're pretty well read on this. Uh, if this Bobert girl goes in, and they were talking about if Kevin McCarthy were to become uh, yes, speaker, yeah, speaker, if he were, if this is a big if, this is yeah. a big if yet, but they're not through counting votes. Yeah. Uh, but if that were the case, does he really want her? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, well, they've already said they've already said there's a couple people that are going to challenge him for the speaker McCarthy. Oh yeah, they're that. already fighting they've among they've themselves. Already, they've already right. said they've already sure. said that. I like I like they like they're saying tonight. You know, Trump. I like like this. Trump needs to look in the mirror. He's about this party so much that you know, all, and all the candidates, most of the candidates he had running were real weak. And like this one that about in the Arizona, or probably they say that, that if she wins, that Trump will take credit. If not, he'll blame her. If not. You're lose. talking about the little Carrie Lake lady. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Which, whatever one it was. They say if, she, yeah. if he wins, mm-hmm. he'll take credit for it, you know. Well, well sure. Right. He takes credit and for then, anything that goes and good. If he, and then if he, and then if she, if he don't win, he'll blame her, you know. Right. And then anything <laughs> bad, yeah, he blames the candidate. He blames, well, he blames you know. the candidate, the media, or whatever they'll, whatever they can use. You know, I've, I've talked to people today, and that they can't believe the Democrats. These twelve, but the twelve, they think the economy and everything. That, it should have been just a, like you said, red wave. It should have been 30, 40. And one guy said one night, uh, he was with some election I read online, and he, he said it was a, he said he said it was, he said it was unbelievable what the Democrats did as well as they did. He couldn't believe it. They did so well as they did. He just couldn't believe that, that the economy being so bad. And he said that uh, Biden's approval rate being so low, like 44. And the way I would look at that is that's what Trump's was during his prep, 44 to 45 sure. percent. That's going to happen. Sure, that's going to happen. But yeah. I got news for you: for any president, it's nowhere near as low as it is in the Senate and the House. Oh, I know. I know. Well, what, what I say, what I say, that there, there was a, there was a guy that wrote a column today, and he said he said that basically he said Trump has been weakened with the, with the way the midterms come out. He said Biden has been strengthened the way the midterms have come out. That's what his opinion was on it. That he's, he's been strengthened the way the Democrats have done it. Like I say, I, I think they'll get control of the House, but. It's not going to be anything, but this guy that's going to be on oversight, he said it don't matter to him. If we got 218, we're going to have control. Well, if we, we still have control over everything and all this other stuff. So I, I, I know some of them, they want to get to the uh, to that stuff. But then I know what that one guy on Fox was talking about, I can't believe Fetterman won. I can't believe he won, you know. I can't believe he won the stroke and all his business. He can't, you know, he started, and he went on about how Fetterman, what he did. I, and he won't talk about, uh, you know, like, like Herschel Walker. In Georgia, right. he was talking about war and oxygen. He won't talk about Walker, so he won't talk about abortions and all this other. He's not going to talk about. He'll make him have to be like Mother Teresa or something. You know, he's so great and wonderful. All this other stuff. But that's the reason why people are voting for him in Georgia. Anyway, he's a famous football player. That's the reason why he played football in NFL. All this other stuff. Well, but Jeff, as you know, and you follow sports, the heroes of of, of of the gridiron are soon forgotten, and he's been out of the game a long time. Yeah, he's been, yeah, yeah, but, 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 and he was a fantastic fans. running back. Don't get me yeah, wrong. But, I'm not but, telling but, you anything. Believe me, Georgia, Georgia fans ain't forgot. It's been over 40 years since they won a championship the last year. So they ain't forgot. And they, and they still, they still <laughs> yeah, remember Larry, Larry Munson and Hobnail Boots. They ain't forgot about that, I tell you. So, right. But just hang in there and have a good week. See you. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it. Jeff Neal, uh, supporter of this uh of this broadcast, and I appreciate him so much. And yes, Jeff and I do talk through the week. If he finds something that's uh, interesting, um, he'll give me a call on it, whatever. And uh, he's a a great asset we have here in in Murfreesboro, and I appreciate him greatly. I really do. Now, back to, you know, Trumpty Dumpty. Wow. Uh, (laughs) 
can't believe it. Trumpy Dumpty. Oh, listen. Um, Trumpy Dumpty's going to have his problems. I, I, I want to say something to you, Rutherford County and Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, Eagleville, all of our sister cities that are here in this in this wonderful county. Here in the heart, literally I say it in our opening, the heart of the great state, uh, Murfreesboro, as many of you know, used to be the capital of the state of Tennessee. The exact geographical center is marked here in uh, in Murfreesboro. Now, I want to tell you something. When you hear this type talk on a national, you hear this on a national level about Trump. Well, we're, that's all right. We're staying in control here. We're the Republicans. Yeah, I know. I know you are. For now. I want to tell you something, people, and I'm not going to be throwing any names out here because the people know I, I wouldn't do that, okay? I'll keep it to myself, but I want to tell you something. We have people with the Republican Party, good people, by the way, good people, okay? And they're saying behind closed doors the very same things you heard on this piece of tape I played earlier, or Jackson played for you. One of them told me the best thing that could happen to the Republican Party right now is for Donald Trump just to walk away. This was months ago, folks. Months. <clears throat> Others put it even a little more crudely. I'll just leave it at that. Now, I wish no harm to come to anyone over politics. That's ridiculous. But I'm telling you, you can stir anything too far. And this January 6th mess, which I've got a, a, a thing from Grant Kirshner, we're going to let him, we're gonna let him uh, explain some of that to you here just in a minute over this, uh, over this January 6th stuff. I had, I have a good friend who told me, and he's a lawyer friend, been around, he's been in the game a long time. This is back in, I guess, spring, early summer, I forget. And we were talking, and I said, look. And I said, this, and let me tell you, this man, he knows his stuff. He's not here in Rutherford County, okay? And I want to tell you something, and I won't give you his name. I won't do that. But he knows what he's talking about, much more than I do. I've told some close friends this. I said, look, what will happen with this January 6th stuff? Now the documents that were taken to the, the Mar-a-Lago, the, the country club, and down in the basement or a storage room or whatever, confidential documents, folks, confidential. You've seen it on the news. It's a fact. You know, I've always said, you know, when the FBI or the DEA or the IRS or whatever shows up at your door with a subpoena banging on your door at 530 in the morning, it is not because you didn't invite them to your last birthday party. Okay. If you've got some of those ladies and gentlemen there that have their, their, their title is followed by the initials group, the, the, the alphabetical, like I said, FBI, DEA, you know, IRS, that bunch. You better get on your toes. And Trump's biggest problem is, one, the government never runs out of money. Okay? 
And two, they never run out of lawyers. If anything, their lawyers just get bigger and better the farther they go. I'm talking about people like David Boys and people like that that know. I've got a thing from Glenn Kirshner we're going to play here after a while, former federal prosecutor. They know. Now, my friend told me this, and I, I'm, I'll try to do it verbatim. Trump will be indicted, and that's a word that you're starting to hear more and more and more now. That he will be indicted, and he will be going to prison. That's fact. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to stir anything up. I'm telling you a fact. He will be indicted. And you're starting to hear, I started to hear that more and more with uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder. And you got to hearing, when are we, I mean, we've got enough now. We could indict him now. This is months ago. It's going to happen. And this man says he will go to prison. Now, believe you me, this fellow knows what he's talking about, okay? He's not blowing a bunch of hot air. And he has, if you could tour his offices, you'd see he's been around, okay? He's been around. Nonetheless, like I said, we have people here in this county that have said the best thing, and I'll, I'll sum it up with this, the best thing could happen to Donald Trump is he could just walk away. Okay? Um, Jackson, if you would, will you play... Uh, this one is 3 minutes 38 seconds long. Try not to facepalm while watching Trump supporters talk about hate speech. I want you to listen to this. On the other night, he said, in his opinion, there's no such thing as hate speech in America. How do you stand on that? Um, I believe in hate speech. When you have hate for somebody, I am 100% into speech, hate speech, because it's freedom of speech. You can speak. So if you hate someone, you should be able to just say? Yeah, I believe it. And so you think it exists? Yep, 100%. Uh, um, freedom of speech is freedom of speech, no matter what the speech is. It sounds terrible. I mean, you might want to cover your kids' ears, but it's still freedom of speech. I don't believe there's anything as hate speech. It's all under interpretation. You know, people interpret how they want and they can interpret whatever they want. So they can change anything to hate speech. You know, if I say I want to step on a grasshopper, it can be considered hate speech. It all depends on the person. And I believe we should have the freedom to say whatever we want. If we hurt somebody's feelings, oh well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but you know, words will never hurt me. I think there's free speech. I think hate speech is just a term they, they dreamed up to uh, keep other people from talking, saying what's on their mind, for the most part. Sure, things get a little overboard, but they always have. And if people can't speak their mind, how are you going to know what people think and what they want? And it's just ridiculous, all this hate speech talk. It's, I don't like it at all. If people are trying to destroy other people, you got to stand up. And that's what they say. Anytime you stand up, we're the bad guys because we say, hey, you can't do that. So that's, that's, they'll call that hate speech. It's so twisted. It's so soft. It's so, I mean, when Obama was in there, everybody was like, okay, we can't, we're more locked down too. 
That's that's not true. Trump that's a total lie. The the Patriots. These are all Trump people, by the way, as if you breathe. didn't know. Are there any Democratic Patriots? I tell you what, I would like to meet one. I, I probably the last one I know of is uh, <coughs> Jack Kennedy. I mean, that's he. Th- Cut listen, it when, off, the, Jack. when the platform. Thank you very much. That's that, I mean, if you get a chance, if you can stand watching this. This is courtesy of the Young Turks, and of course, again, like I said, I download everything through YouTube. It's ridiculous. They don't have, they have no idea of what they're talking about. Okay, and if you want to talk to a Democrat, that uh, no, I'm not a patriot. No, I've never claimed to be. I've never been in enlisted service at all. Uh, I appreciate the men and women that have. I, I think we owe them a great debt of gratitude. Uh, by the way, we're celebrating Veterans Day this weekend. It was Friday, and uh, and I do thank all of our veterans, all of them that have fought in many of our, our nation's wars. I thank them very much. So enough about Trumpy Dumpty, okay? Trumpy Dumpty had a great fall. Make no mistake about it, folks. He don't pack near the punch he did. A few days ago. Well, the whole truth of the matter, he never has packed much punch. Come on, folks. Go back to 2016. He got beat by a girl. Come on. She beat him by 3 million votes. Those people just talking about, you know, their their hate speech. <laughs> I won't use any hate speech, will you? I'll just play your words, okay? And then they turn it back around, and they got fairly good at it. Of making, now, see there? He's just, he's just stirring the pot. Yes, I am. Yes. That I am. I'm proud to say in this on this issue, yes, I'm stirring it. Now, I'm gonna move on. I've just got a couple of things more things for you here. Um Jackson, I want you to start this at thirty six seconds as we go into it. This is courtesy of Glenn, Glenn Kirshner, as I told you all ago. He's a former federal prosecutor, and this is via YouTube. And uh, this goes uh, maybe about seven and a half minutes. Uh, Attorney General, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland is moving forward a prosecutorial decision toward a prosecutorial decision on Trump's Mar-a-Lago classified documents crimes. Now, NBC News published an article titled, quote, Inside the Justice Department's Decision on Whether to Charge Trump in the Mar-a-Lago Case. Now, interestingly, the first case discussed the article discussed in the article involves a young woman named Asia Janae Lavarello, who was in prison for mishandling a document classified as secret. I remember this lady being discussed months ago. The way federal law enforcement authorities handled Ms. Lavarello's case, Lavarello's case, as compared to the way they are handling Trump's far more egregious and dangerous crimes Highlights a grave injustice at play in our nation. Hopefully, Attorney General Garrick Marlin, General Merrick Garland, I'm sorry, is about to take one giant step in the direction of remedying that disparity of treatment by indicting Donald Trump for his crimes. There's that word indictment again. Jackson, go ahead, please. Glenn Kirshner here. So there's some new reporting that the Department of Justice and Attorney General Merrick Garland are getting close to making a prosecutorial decision about whether to charge Donald Trump for his theft and unlawful concealment of classified documents 
and national defense information. Here is the new reporting from NBC News. Headline, Inside the Justice Department's Decision on Whether to Charge Trump in Mar-a-Lago Case. And that article begins, In February, a week before the National Archives warned the Justice Department that former President Donald Trump had kept top-secret documents at his Florida compound, Asia Janae Lavarello was sentenced to three months in prison. She had pleaded guilty to taking classified records home from her job as an executive assistant at the U.S. military's command in Hawaii. Quote from a DOJ press release, Government employees authorized to access classified information should face imprisonment if they misuse that authority in violation of criminal law, said Hawaii U.S. Attorney Claire Connors, who did not accuse Lavarello of showing anyone the documents. Quote, such breaches of national security are serious violations and we will pursue them. Now, friends, I want to pause right there. We'll go back to the article in a moment. But the very day the Department of Justice issued this press release, February 11th, 2022, bringing to our attention their successful prosecution and imprisonment of Asia Janae Lavarello, I did a Justice Matters video on it. So first, let's put up a picture of Miss Lavarello. There is Asia Janae Lavarello. And mind you, she didn't take any top secret documents or national defense information. She took a secret document and I think a confidential document, lower classifications than Donald Trump stole. And the Department of Justice sent her to prison and issued a press release saying government employees authorized to access classified information should face imprisonment if they misuse that authority in violation of criminal law. And Ms. Lavarello went to prison. You know what didn't happen in Ms. Lavarello's case? Employees and agents from the federal government didn't negotiate with her for a year, saying, please, Ms. Lavarello, will you just return the documents that you took? DOJ employees and agents didn't travel to her home, hat in hand, saying, please, Miss Lavarello, will you just return those documents that you should not have taken? They didn't issue a grand jury subpoena saying, please, Miss Lavarello, will you just produce the documents that you have? No, Miss Lavarello was indicted, convicted, and imprisoned. But the Department of Justice extended all of those courtesies to Donald Trump as his classified documents crimes continued. All right, friends, let's go back to the NBC reporting. The article continues, cases like Lavarello's are a major part of the calculus for Justice Department officials as they decide whether to move forward with charges against the former president over the classified documents found in his Florida home, current and former Justice Department officials tell NBC News. In another example, a prosecutor advising the Mar-a-Lago team, David Raskin, just last week 
negotiated a felony guilty plea from an FBI analyst in Kansas City who admitted taking home 386 classified documents over 12 years. She faces up to 10 years in prison. A charging decision may be looming as the Mar-a-Lago investigation enters what appears to be a decisive phase. People familiar with the deliberations of Attorney General Merrick Garland and his top aides say the AG does not believe it's his job to consider the political or social ramifications of indicting a former president, including the potential for violent backlash. The main factors in his decision, these people say, are whether the facts and the law support a successful prosecution and whether anyone else who had done what Trump is accused of doing would have been prosecuted. The sources say Justice Department officials are looking carefully at a cross-section of past cases involving the mishandling of classified material. So friends, can I just back up and zoom in on one piece of the reporting? And that is where the article says, the main factors, the main factors in deciding whether Donald Trump should be prosecuted for his crimes are whether the facts and the law support a successful prosecution. They do. There you have it, folks. That's from Glenn Kirshner, former federal prosecutor. Now, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Caller, I know you're waiting on the line. We're going to go to our last uh, series of breaks, and then we'll be right back with you. Caller, please stay with us. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. Go to J. Mellon's Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mellon's Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at completeyardcaretn.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. All right, and we are back. And caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. Well, hello, Ed. It's Wayne Steele. How are you? Well, hello, Wayne. How are you doing? I'm I'm making it. What can we say? <laughs> I wanted. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm glad you called. I wanted to let you know, my friend, for the first time out of the gate, 
you put on quite a show for people against Desjardins. Uh, for those uh, of you that I, may have forgotten, Wayne, Wayne was our Democrat candidate for uh, Congress against uh, Scott Desjardins. And I thought you did very well, considering the first time out. I, I thank you for that. And I'm getting a lot of that, hearing a lot of that from people. But uh, when you see 26%, it still looks depressing to me. But, right. you know, yeah. whenever whenever you're being, we try to extract the positive, though. Um Seven months before the election, I was a nobody. Somebody right. would exactly right. have said hello yeah. to the uh, in the self checkout lane and uh, would have kept going. You right. know, yeah. and uh, I, I, we haven't pinned the numbers down yet, but it's right at about ten thousand right. dollars. And you know, the previous candidates have raised three hundred and fifty thousand and five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and. I did uh, not know that, Wayne. I had no idea the money was that was that intense on a race like that. I had I knew it. I know it takes a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Well, they say in theory that you need about a million and a half. So those numbers are actually technically low. But to compare wow. ten thousand to those amounts, and they only received seven and a half percent more than me. There, there's I some agree. kind of disconnect. I know. I, yeah, I know. There, I agree. There's a disconnect on connecting with people, but then there, I still shout from the hilltops that, you know, the DNC and the DCCC and, and the DSCC, uh, the senatorial, they aren't putting money into red state Democrats. And you're going to, what you put in is what you get out. Exactly. I, be, I, I agree with that. And, and the Republicans, they do, they pony up. They really do. They, they give their candidates money. They help them out. I don't mean they well, just hand it to them, it. but they, they help them out. True. Whether it be the printing of signs or or ads, radio, television, all of that, they yeah, help their candidates. That, you know, Desjardins was not on the radio. He was not on the television. And I saw all of three signs. There were bag signs. You could tell it had been used in the previous election. Right. I mean, you, you know, and he doesn't so, have to. But, it's unbelievable. And it, it, it's a little bit redder district now than it was. But, um, you know, I, I think I think what is disheartening, uh, and, and I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but, but it's not disappointing to lose. It's disappointing to see that people lost some of their rights and could continue to lose their rights had, had we not hold the House and Senate. Exactly. And this didn't bring them out to vote. So how bad does it have to be? How bad does it have to get? I don't know. Here. And that's a good, it is a very good and valid point. I don't know. How bad does it have to get, people? You all tell us. You know, I don't know what we're, to tell we're, We are on par. This election uh, roughly matches the low voter turnout of 2014, 2010, and 1998. And the ironic thing about 98 is we had low voter turnout here, and we had a Democratic president who held. Uh, you know, or picked up seats in the Senate and the House, but I just look at history that way. But still, right? Mm-hmm. You know, no. we just and the, the, the only other point I can make is that I understand that the Gen Z vote really turned out in swing states and blue states, but they didn't hear. And yeah, we have I to know fix that. Yeah, they, we've got to do something about that. 
I know it's too early. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you if you're going to do it again. (laughs) But, Wayne, listen, we're going to have to get out of here. Bill's waiting to come on with his show, Mr. Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. We thank you. We're appreciative of you. Thank you. you. And uh, I'll be talking to you down the road, okay? Sounds good. Thank you, Wayne. Wayne Steele, your former 4th Congressional District nominee of the Democrat Party. And did a very fine job, considering he didn't get into the race that early. That, that he wasn't in that long, and uh, I look for I look for him to show up again. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get out of here. Bill's waiting out. He's got a good guest. Mister Mullins is with him. He's going to be. He's a great guest, and you're going to like what he's got to say on Mister Murfreesboro. And as for me, till next Sunday night at eight o'clock, I'll catch you down the road. Good night, everybody.